Hey, this is Evergreen, where our stories never go out of season. I'm Mitchell, and I'm a journalist, and this here's Caleb. And I'm an audio engineer, and here we explore the one thing that brings us all together, storytelling. Every episode features a story crafted from prompts brought to us by our lovely listeners, and then we bring their stories to life with a soundscape of music, atmosphere, and sound design. So the topic for this episode's story is a 4 a.m. swim, summer rain, and a coach with a gambling problem. And today we have a guest. AJ Harris. If you guys are wondering why Daniela Shihara is not here, it's because there were some scheduling issues because she is currently working on a large production of In the Heights. So she will definitely be joining us in a few weeks to write her own story. But today, please welcome AJ Harris and prepare to immerse yourself in this week's tale. I'll bet y'all the baby's coming out after midnight. Practically a catchphrase, nearly all of Jack's sentences started with, I'll bet. My boy's gonna be a march, baby, I have no doubt. He was speaking to no one in particular in the stark white waiting room of an upscale hospital. His wife had a private room where she'd been for hours, resting comfortably all alone, while her husband sauntered the hallways with the poorer folk, striking up shallow conversations and even shallower deals. I'll bet he stays in there through the night till that calendar turns. All smooth sailing after midnight, I'll tell you what. I'll bet we take that bundle of joy home by eight in the morning. Jack was lucky. Jack was lucky. Not just the type of lucky where someone catches a break when the cop pulls you over or when the glass falls off the table and doesn't shatter, but pure, bona fide, cosmic powers giving you a leg up on life lucky. Jack won at everything, every time. From the bet to eat the most candy as a child, to getting the girl of his dreams, Lydia, Jack was unstoppable. Jack was unstoppable. Jack Jr. was born on March 1st at 12.02 a.m. At 8.01 a.m., Jack lost the first bet of his life. Honey, he's fine, Lydia said, consoling her distraught husband. He was sitting in the chair next to her bed in the hospital room with his head in his hands. Jack had been extremely insistent to one of the gentlemen in the waiting room that he and his family would be leaving by 8 o'clock sharp and that they simply must put money on the line or it wasn't an official bet. Lydia gently scratched Jack's back up and down with her shortly clipped nails. They just like to monitor our little Jack Jr. to make sure there's no complications. We'll be out of here soon. Lydia, you don't understand. I was wrong. I ain't never wrong. Jack, who had never experienced a loss before, was befuddled by this turn of events. Lydia laughed. Jack, you're constantly wrong. You told me on the way here you were excited to cut the empirical cord. Not about bets, Lydia. I ain't never lost a bet. Jack felt his voice crack as he tried to understand what was happening. It felt like his world was spinning. You're still gambling. Lydia's eyebrows bunched as she sat herself up higher in her bed. Are you serious right now? She let her hand slap against his back instinctively. 
After what happened with Mark and it ain't anyone we know, Lydia. I just, well, of course it isn't. Our friends know better than to bet you. You have a problem, she said with a smile and leaned back casually against the pillow. They only call it a problem when you're losing. I don't lose. Jack wasn't mad. He was confused. Well, the streak was bound to end sometime, Lydia smirked. Now you get to be like the rest of us. Jack turned to look at her and say something sarcastic, but was caught off guard by how beautiful she looked at this very moment. The harsh hospital lights spewed onto her tangled hair and unmade-up face, and he realized there was nothing more perfect in his or anyone else's life. He was the luckiest guy in the world. He was the luckiest guy in the world. At first, it was just a bizarre change, not winning all the time. And it seemed to instill itself into Jack's life rather slowly. A gutter ball here, or a misplaced key there. But as the years passed, Jack wasn't quite sure he could win at anything at all anymore. Even as he cheered on a son that was so athletic, he never lost. It was as if Jack's luck had simply packed its bags and left him to suffer. And he did suffer. Day after day, month after month, he tried desperately to win Lady Luck's favor once more. I'll bet you they're selling hot dogs at the stand today, Jack slyly whispered to Lydia in the car one day on their way to one of Jack Jr.'s games. The funny part about growing older is that you're less and less likely to change your ways, and Jack was set in his gambling habits, even when he was no longer winning. There was a part of him that just needed to check and test each day if his luck had come back. To check if he wasn't so powerless anymore. To check if he could still be a winner. Lydia was used to the routine. Deal, she said with a playful eye roll, still smiling. She let a puff of air out of her nose and a half laugh as she looked out the passenger window. What's the wager? She continued. Oh, how about loser does Junior's laundry after he somehow manages to muddy up everything tonight? Jack Jr. was undoubtedly the star receiver of his high school football team, which Jack Sr. helped assistant coach. Jr. had an uncanny way of making sure all of the mud and grass on the field stuck to him during a game. But he got great results, making impossible catches nearly every game. The team was undefeated. Lydia, darling, Jack said with a wide grin, you know you simply must put money on the line or it isn't an official bet. Washing clothes? Sorry, not a bet. Let's just make it $100. The family wasn't poor by any means. Years prior, before Junior was born, Jack had won the lottery on a whim and had survived on those winnings to this day. All right, Lydia retorted. If the stand is selling hot dogs, I owe you $100. She crossed her fingers and held them up as she sarcastically murmured, No hot dogs today, a few times glancing out the corner of her eyes until she saw Jack smirk. Jack was pretty rough on the team that night. He screamed in a few players' faces about not letting receivers through the defensive line and snapped at one poor kid about why he hadn't stripped the ball from the opposing quarterback. He punched a locker, threw a cup of water, slammed down his clipboard, and all of the other things coaches are supposed to do to show that they're upset. You'd never have guessed that his team won the game or that the real reason he was mad was because the snack stand had an electrical problem and was closed. Months later, Jack sat on his favorite stool at a local casino's bar watching the horse races. 
Come on, Summer Rain. Go, Summer Rain. He was convinced that his problem all these years was that he wasn't proving to Lady Luck that he was truly devoted to earning his luck back. He had spent years testing the waters with little bets like the hot dog thing, but to no avail. It finally dawned on him that to truly start winning again, he simply needed a larger risk. Yes, Summer Rain! Yes! Yes! The horse, Summer Rain, was a shoe-in to win and had a measly payout, but Jack's epiphany to spend big money after nearly 18 years of losing needed to be a sure thing. Go! Go! Jack was standing on the bottom rung of his stool, screaming at a television set that was situated above bottles of liquor. There you go! Get it! Jack gripped his cell phone tightly in his hand as he unblinkingly watched the screen. He had called his bookie to place the bet moments before. The proof of his devotion to the universe and to Lady Luck. The proof that he deserved to be that lucky guy once more. The rest of his lottery savings. Summer Rain was far in the lead of the other horses. Atta boy, Summer Rain! Atta boy! Jack's voice caught in his throat as he watched the screen in terror. Summer Rain's front right leg buckled suddenly, and the horse and his jockey tumbled into the dirt. The jockey's leg stuck in the stirrup under the weight of the horse. The other horses raced past. For a shocked moment, Jack did nothing. Then, all at once, he kicked over the stool, threw his phone at the TV, and screamed. The scream echoed through Jack's very core and into the hall. Patrons paused all games and conversations, startled by the abrupt noise coming from nearby. Jack cut off his voice and looked wildly around. Breath frantic, he stumbled away from the bar as if drunk, though a drop of alcohol rarely touched his lips. He could faintly make out the worry in strangers' eyes and a call for help, and... As if a switch had been flicked, he righted his shoulders, pursed his lips, and nodded gently to the other guests. He held up his hands in a show of remorse. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, I, I just got a bit, well, a bit passionate. Right there. Pardon. Jack drove in silence back to his estate, contemplating a next step. What a fool, he thought. He pulled into the driveway at a sharp angle and hit the mailbox. Of course, he mused, naturally. It was still midday as he wandered through his home after the loss, staring blankly at adornments on walls or trinkets on shelves, wondering what could be sold. Soon he found himself sitting in an old rocking chair in the corner of a little-used room. He sat for hours, unmoving until dinner. He realized too late that Lydia was out of town with her girlfriends and that it was prom night for Jack Jr., so he was on his own for food. He rummaged through the refrigerator for quite some time before realizing he wasn't even hungry. Jack closed the door and all light evaporated from the room. He hadn't bothered to hit any switches as he shuffled from room to room in the expansive home that they raised their family in. Jack walked through the darkened house without purpose, finally settling on sitting under a canopy outside next to their spacious pool. It was 4 a.m. when Jack Jr. arrived back at the house, adorned in a crown, red cloak, and a larger-than-life grin. His room had an outdoor entrance up a flight of stairs near the pool, so he meandered to the ivy-covered side gate and entered the code to go around the back. 
twirling his car keys in his hands, he skipped steps as he went up to his room, already reminiscing on what had been the greatest night of his life when he noticed a strange mass in the pool. He studied it for a moment, gripping the rail about halfway up the staircase, then gingerly stepped back down the stairs, squinting in the moonlight to see what was in the water. Everything occurred to Junior at once as he was leaping down the remaining stairs, ripping off his cloak and suit jacket, throwing his cell phone down in a patch of lawn and diving into the moonlit pool for his father's body in a matter of seconds. He pushed the lifeless mass over the side of the pool with relative ease, but the panic set in as he got himself out of the water and saw the bloated face of his father. He screamed at the body, slapped it, pushed its stomach in in a half-hearted CPR, and held his father in his arms, wrestling with how his night could have changed so drastically. Then... For no reason at all, Jack coughed. His eyes fluttered open, and water dribbled down his chin. Jack Jr. held his father at arm's length from him and stared wide-eyed at the damp, pale face of his dad. Quickly, breathless, he set Jack down and ran to his cell phone to call an ambulance. In the light of the morning, at the hospital, the doctor was speaking with wonder to Jack Jr. as they waited for Lydia to arrive. We can't say for certain how long he was in there, but it's clear that he took in a great deal of water. If it weren't for you, your father would surely be dead. Yeah, Jack Jr. heard himself reply as he stared down at the damp dress shoes he was still wearing. Well, just lucky, I guess. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that, AJ. Thank you so much. Yeah, I had uh, so much fun writing it and being a part of the team. Just recording it here in our lavish studio. Our lavish studio, my bedroom. Um, so we gave you the topics, uh, I want to say, like, maybe a week or so ago, maybe less. How, how did Four you... days ago, actually. <laughs> how, did you, how did you feel about the, about the topics? Uh, the topics seemed super simple to start off with, and then putting pen to paper... I realized that that was not the case. You have yourself to blame. You provided the hardest topic, in my opinion. So, But it yeah. was good. You worked it out really well. No, that's true. Uh, so the topic that I provided for the whole podcast was the coach with a gambling problem. And I could figure out how to get a gambling problem, and I could figure out how to get a coach, but I didn't like them together. So I, I do. I blame myself. Yeah, that's fair. I really enjoyed Summer Rain, the idea of it being the horse. Like, because we have some, sometimes people will just kind of like plug it in at a random point. Other times people tie it up into like the actual like framework of like a background thing. I enjoyed that it was just, yeah, it sounds like a horse's name. And I hadn't even thought of that until I read the story and it was Summer Rain was the name of the horse. Uh, yeah, that was a fun little decision, I guess. I wanted it to be actual Summer Rain. And I wanted him to be a football coach, and that didn't work out with the seasons of when you play football. So uh, it was fun to kind of come up with creative ways to do it. Like when I first thought of 4 a.m. swim, for instance, seemed more like a romantic thing, and it was more a 4 a.m. swim to go and rescue someone. (laughs) Um, So I guess I was going to ask why... Uh, the southern aspect of their voices, but it, I guess it kind of makes sense. Their football family. That's exactly okay. right. That makes yeah, sense. That's exactly Friday right. Over here. I needed it to be. Yeah, I needed. I needed it to not be when Jack Jr. was so old 
So he needed to be like in middle school or in high school. And where is that the most popular in the United States? That would be in the, in the South. That makes sense. Just a little Friday Night Lights vibe. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it, though. The idea of just a, just a lucky guy having to deal with it. Yeah, lucky guy. Well, yes. Yep. That's, I, I, <laughs> well, thank yeah, you so much. Too. Thank you so much for being being a part of Evergreen, AJ. It was it was an honor having you. It was super cool to be a part of this, and I'm a huge fan. And it was uh, very uh, nerve wracking, I would say, to uh, be here and like to try to live up to your awesome standards that I I really like. Thank you for taking place of Danielle, who was not able to be with us tonight, today, this morning, this afternoon, whatever we're going to be releasing this, I guess. Uh, I'll delete this line. Um, anyway. <laughs> no, you won't. No, you won't. I will. Now, anyway, now you won't. Now that you um, said that you're going to delete it, so, you won't delete it. Um, so th- we just wanted to say she, hello to Danielle. She, hello, Danielle. You will be back. You can't escape. You've said that you will do an episode for us. This is not how Evergreen plays around. We are, Sorry, we do not play around. Are you threatening a guest? We want you back, Danielle. Well, thank you, AJ. Um, I know that. Uh, well, actually, is there anything that anything you want to plug that you, while you're here? Uh, we asked this of people whether it's just an Instagram account or whether you're. I don't know. What's up with you? No, I'm very boring. Um, and uh, please don't fanboy me. Okay, stay away from him, everyone. Anything we? Can- how's, how, how's your life going? My life's okay. Uh, you know, so a little background about me: I uh, teach in China. How's that going for you? It's not funny. I I feel like every... (laughs) (laughs) So are there any, like... like, Stories have a process. Were there any points in the process that you want to maybe give us a little little sneak peek at? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because in the, like, first draft, uh, Jack Sr., he dies at the end. He dies in the pool. Oh, dang. Um, And it felt a little dark. Like, I... I kind of had that going the whole time. Like, that for sure was going to be, you know, he dies and uh, the life insurance, you know, that's why he kills himself and all this stuff because he needs to provide for his family. And, um, yeah, it didn't seem that that was the right move, especially because throughout it, it seems like Jack Jr. is the lucky one. And that's not really lucky to come home to your father dying. So, yeah, so it's... uh, it's a, it's a change that had to happen, and I'm glad that it did. Well, that's a great little insight. I love stuff like that. That's always the fun part of stories is they're fluid until we put them on audio. Right. But until then, you just have to – I know as a writer, it's super easy to second-guess every little decision you make, and sometimes you just have – sometimes you just got to walk away, but sometimes the rewrites are some of the best parts of the story. I agree. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you didn't walk away from this one because we really needed you to fill in for Danielle. Um, Moving on, I suppose. Um, you can get a hold of us at EvergreenCast. That's EvergreenCast on Twitter and on Instagram. Either way, your choice. Find us. Say hi to us. Um, Our website's going to be going uh, coming up soon. Still not done with it. I have to work a few of the bugs out. But we will have a website soon where you'll we will be able to contribute to the Evergreen Bank. But you'll also be able to sign up to write a story or perform a story or both. And speaking of stories, it's uh, time for us to roll the topics for the next episode. Oh, can I do one? I would love to do one. I rolled a two. Uh, AJ just rolled a two. Uh, Mitchell, would you please tell us what a two is? Oh, um, that is a broken window. And that one is by Ronald Miller. Awesome. Let me roll one now. Uh, that is a six. That is Fergariophobia. That is the uh, fear of strawberries. 
And that one comes from a friend of ours named Jazz. Okay, one more. 13. And that is a stained shag carpet. And that one, uh, that one actually comes from you, Caleb. You gave us that one. Heck yeah. How what, on what, earth are they going to be doing the strawberries? That's insane. But. And when we say they, uh, we mean the Gamma Radio podcast. It will be joining us. They won't be joining us. They will be joining us on Evergreen to give us a tale. I could not be more excited. Go check them out. They're some of the funniest people I have ever had the privilege of listening to. I really enjoyed their podcast. I listened to it a little bit a while ago. It, they're great. I cannot wait for them to be on the, uh, the podcast. They just started their second season as well, so now's a good time to check them out and start catching up on their on their stuff. Anyway, we hope you guys have a lovely, lovely time. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy the rest of your day. And tune in in two weeks to enjoy our next episode of Evergreen. There are stories everywhere. And anyone can tell a story. <laughs> <laughs>